Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. All right. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. Once again, friends, uh, we want to continue with her. Um, Deliberation on the twinkling of an eye And this is part number two uh, You must not forget I'm answering questions That were sent to me And this one in particular was uh, Sent to me by Brother Joe You know Obona He sent this particular question In relation to the issue of This first Corinthians 15 uh, The trumpet And then um, what we are going to be dealing with as well Which has to do with the twinkling of an eye So, in answering that question We'll be able to overcome it to, to cover a lot of ground On this particular topic Which has to do with 1 Corinthians 15 51-52 and the book of 1 Thessalonians So, we continue with the answer uh, Indicating that These passages have nothing Basically to do with what we call the rapture Nothing to do with that so let's continue Now in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 52 The Bible said Behold I show you a mystery We shall not all sleep But we shall be changed And 52 say in a moment In the twinkling of an eye At the last trump For the trump shall sound And the dead shall be raised Incorruptible And we shall be changed Now here we have to deal with the aspect That relates to the twinkling of an eye again So what then is the twinkling of an eye? The word twinkling is from the Greek word Ripe R-H-I-P-E Meaning eject of the eyes The word is taken from the root Ripto Which indicates a sudden motion To turn with a rapid movement A stroke to toes or fling So the fact is The word is dealing with actions And motions And not necessarily the swiftness Of the movement of the eyelids In relation to time if, I mean, it's a matter of movement, a jack resulting in a change of direction, a sudden refocusing from the direction you were initially facing or walking towards. Get the meaning. The meaning of the word twinkling is a jack. It's a movement, a jack, resulting in a change of direction, a sudden refocusing from the direction you were initially facing or walking towards. Take for instance, if you are alone in a room In a still dark night Looking into the empty space Lost in your own wall of thought When all of a sudden the door to your room Flung open with a noise What would be your reaction? You would turn to the direction of the door This rapid, quick and swift direction Or change of direction Refocusing and eye contact Is what the world really stands for Did you get that? That action, that speed, I mean, rapid, quick, and swift change of direction, when you refocus your eye contact, you're trying to find out what happens behind you. You try to find out who, who bumped into the room. You try to find out what the figure looks like. That is what the word repay means. It means a refocusing. Okay, let me give you an example on this Exodus 3 verse 2 The Bible says And the angel of the Lord appeared unto Moses In a flame of fire out of midst of the bush 
And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Verse 3, And Moses said, Are we now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned? Did you get that? The burning bush got his attention, and he turned, that is a refocusing of direction. That is a twinkling. The vision was to be made plain to him as to the direction he must take. Is it clear? Hallelujah. So, here in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22, he's actually speaking of a vision, illumination, enlightenment from the outburst of divine revelations of spiritual truth, communicated by the Holy Ghost as we hear the voice of the Son of God in his trumpet sound, last trump for a matter, being sounded. Amen. The voice takes our attention from the way we were or the focus we had to a direction or a refocusing to where the sound is coming from. We're getting attention. Our attention is being, is being sought after by reason of this, of this trumpet sound. That's what we see here. Now, this light, this illumination, will cause us to change our directions, concept of life, attitude, manner, beliefs, customs, and ways of thinking into His from our own former ways. It is simply our translation into the glorious image of Christ as we behold Him. This is what twinkling stands for. A change of direction. A refocusing. Now, look at it from the book of 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 to 18. This is what it says. Now the Lord is our spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with an open face, beholding us in the glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Can you get that? Meaning, the more we behold him, the more we become like him. A change resulting from our refocusing. Are refocusing from the direction that we were facing before to another direction by reason of the sound we are hearing, which is the voice of the trumpet. Are you getting this? Alright, so we continue with this. Now, in 1 Thessalonians 4:16, we have we see a picture here being painted for us of the Lord coming down in a trumpet. But again, let's harmonize this. If in Philip translation, first Corinthians, I mean first Thessalonians four sixteen, first Thessalonians four sixteen, Philip translation, one word of command, one shout from the archangel, one loud blast from the trumpet of God, and the Lord Himself will come down from heaven. Now we know that trumpets in the Bible speaks of messages. I want you to be able to follow this. Trumpets of the Bible speaks of messages. Take for instance, Matthew chapter 6, verse number 1 and 2. Jesus said, Take heed that you do not your arms before men, to be seen of men or them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou dost thy arms, when you give arms, do not sound the trumpet before thee. As the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Very I say unto you, they have their reward. When he say don't blow your trumpet, means don't go telling people of the goods you've done, etc. The help you've rendered, the ministration you've given, don't go telling people about that. 
some of those things we do on gospel televisions, like when we visit orphanage homes, we visit the poor, we put it on air, those are simply blowing of trumpets. You see that? So, this, this aren't really right in the first place. I mean, those are not actually the right thing to do. When we go on air, you know, we begin to broadcast the things we've done, telling the whole world how we give money, how we give this. It ought not to be so. That is actually blowing your trumpet. When you advertise the help you have rendered to the weak or to the fall of the orphans, you are blowing your trumpet. Understand what it means. It's simply a message. Now, the beginning of the use of trumpets in the Bible is in Numbers chapter 10. If we look at verse number 2. Scripture says, Make thee, God speaking to Moses, make thee two trumpets of silver, out of a whole piece shall thou make them, that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the joining of the camps. Take time to read the whole of Numbers chapter 10. Hallelujah. Can you get that? Now, here God told Moses what to do and be used to call the people together, or if they want to break camps. There's a sound of the trumpet that makes them know that it's time now for more to move. The glory is about to move. We we'll have to move with the glory cloud. Is that okay? There's a trumpet that sounds, and the people get to understand that they should come to the temple, to the tabernacle. Remember, the tabernacle was at the center of the camping of the children of Israel. So, the, the, you know, and there were many people, remember, over a million, two million, there about. You don't expect somebody's voice to get across to all of these people at once. So God said, make trumpet. Anytime I want them to come around the temple, you sound the trumpet in this manner. There's a specific way the trumpet has to sound. Then the people go to the temple, recognizing and acknowledging that God is calling them. There's a way the trumpet sounds, and the people begin to break camps, pull off the boots, and then they begin to move as they journey the wilderness. So that's exactly what God told Moses to do. So here it is giving information to over two million people in the wilderness. And that wasn't going to be possible. So the trumpet were the answers to that problem. How do I communicate to these people? How do I get their attention? How do we didn't know what to do? It was the trumpet. So it's simply a message. It's just a means of communication. You see, your handbills, your television or radio advert, bibles, etc., are all trumpets in the Bible language, truly speaking. They are all trumpets. You're sounding a trumpet for people to hear, to see what you're doing. Or what's about to happen. You're calling attention. Trumpet simply means to call attention. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, that's 51 to 52, what we have is the last trump, which is actually the last message of the seventh angel of Revelation 10, 1 to 7. I mean, 1 and 7. The message of perfection. Get this right. This is the last trump. Why is this last? Because there have been several messages before. And this is the message that corresponds to the seventh angel of the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 10, 1 and 7, you find that. It speaks of myself perfection because seven is the number of perfection. Now, down the centuries, we have had various messages in the church. We talk about things like holiness movement, the prosperity message, the faith message. Deliverance, demonology, all of these things are just but an impact message or messages. 
But there is the completeness of all the messages. The last one, and that is the fullness of the kingdom message that culminates in immortality. The last of all the messages. Is that okay? Now get this right. The trumpet of 1 Corinthians 15 is not the same without the 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, 17, as it were. I need you to get this. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise forth. Amen. Here the trumpet is directly associated with God himself. Unlike what we have in 1 Corinthians 15, 52, which is called last trump. That is associated with the seventh angel. So what is the trump of God? In Numbers 10, verse number 9, is an interesting information that can help us to get a clue as to what this really is. Look at what God told Moses again. And if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppressed you, then you shall blow an alarm with a trumpet, and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and you shall be saved from your enemies. Can you get that? If you're going to war, what I want you to know there is the issue of war. You're going to war. Blow the trumpet. Blow the trumpet. Is that okay? And God shall remember you. Praise the Lord. I need you to get this. Alright. Now, I want you to know this very, 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 I mean, this is very, very vital when you, you look at the scripture. If you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppress you, then you shall blow on a lamb with the trumpet. And you shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and you shall be saved from your enemies. So I want you to know the word alarm of war. So that when, I mean, what then is the true meaning of the phrase, the trumpet of God? Remember, over there in the book of Numbers, chapter 10, verse number 9, we talked about alarm, which is the trumpet of God. I mean, the trumpet of war. So, we now want to look at this particular passage in, in 1st Thessalonians and 4.16. We talked about the Lord descending with, with the trump of God. Is the trumpet of God himself. Is that okay? Now, what is the meaning of this? We can find the answer in the words of Prophet Zechariah. The whole of chapter uh, 9 of Zechariah, you see, is prophetic of the judgment on Israel's enemies. The restoration of Israel to the promised land. Which we embrace not only the Israelite territory then, you can find in the book of Judges chapter 20 verse 1, but also the Aramean, the Phoenicians, the Philistines, cities. Okay? Now, the whole province speaks of a victorious campaign and interpreted as a campaign of God himself, which speaks of the coming age of the Messiah and that this happening, I mean this campaign, rather this campaign is to be carried out at the coming of Zion's king. So, we take a look in the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, 1 to 17. Long reading, I'll jump some spaces. Uh, I'm reading from the Living Bible. This is a message concerning God's cause on the lands of Hadrach and Damascus of the land, for the Lord is closely watching all over mankind, all of the cities of Syria belonging to the Lord, as much as do the tribes of Israel, right? Rejoice greatly, O my people. Shout with joy, for the Lord your King is coming. He is the righteous one, the victor. Alright? The Lord shall lead his people as they fight. 
His arrow shall fly like lightning. The Lord God shall sound a trumpet call and go out against his enemies like a wild wind off the desert from the south. He will defend his people and they shall subdue their enemies. They will taste victory and shout with triumph. They shall shine in his hand as glittering joys in a crown. How wonderful and beautiful all shall be. Now, if you look at verse 14, to be very specific, Zechariah 9, 14, it says, And the Lord shall be seen over them, and his arrow shall go forth as a lightning, and the Lord shall blow the trumpet, and shall go with wild winds of the south. The Lord shall blow the trumpet. Praise God. Now, do you see that? It's God's own move against all that is against his will and glory. Now, do you picture God blowing a literal, trump, literal physical trumpet? This is how religion has blinded all of us. That we don't have brains anymore to think further than what we've been told. We just believe because somebody popular, maybe a TV minister, said it. I mean, I want you to think about it. Are you expecting, actually, for God himself to physically carry the physical trumpet in his mouth and be blowing it and it's coming down. Is that what you truly are expecting? Praise the living God. I mean, is that what you're thinking about? This is funny. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying here? This is the way we've been modeled, the way we've been taught, the way we've been trained, the way we've come to believe even the things of God. Which is very, very strange. Very, very strange. Is that okay? Alright. Let's just continue for a little bit. So here the Bible says, The Lord coming down the trumpet. One word of command, one shout from the archangel, one blast from the trumpet of God, and the Lord himself will come down from heaven. Are you seeing it? So, again, we look at this. The last trouble of 1 Corinthians 15 is directly connected with the seven trumpets of the book of Revelation. Spelling out us the present message of the fullness of God and His kingdom. Let's look at Revelation chapter 10, verse 7. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God shall be finished, as he had declared to his servant the prophet. When the seventh angel begin to sound, the mystery of God is finished. What is the mystery of God? This is the mystery of godliness. Should be finished. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. As opposed to the Jewish system, Jerusalem, with her rituals and external regulations are predicted by the prophet in relation to her fall in AD 70. Look at what this trumpet will accomplish as it begins to sound. Revelation 11, verse number 15. And the seven angels sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and it shall reign forever and ever. Can you see that? This is what the trumpet is accomplishing. When the trumpet sounds, this is what gets finished. Right? Revelation 11, verse 15. Okay. Now, here he said there were great voices in heaven. What is that supposed to mean? This refers to all the heavenly angelic hosts and redeemed human spirits, like you find in Hebrews chapter 12, 22-23, who are joined together to magnify God. For heaven utterly defeated his enemies and rendered his beloved child glorious. 
as through his sacrifice of the cross, the kingdom of this world are becoming the kingdoms of God and of his Christ. Hallelujah. This is the gospel being sent forth. The overcoming, the whole world becoming the kingdom of our Lord is resulting from the gospel of God being sent forth into all the nations, thereby taking them over. A man himself is now becoming the tabernacle of God, his throne of expression, just like we read in Luke chapter 4, 17, verse 21. Now that shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for the, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Amen? And again, when I look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7, 2 Thessalonians 1, 7, the Bible says, Unto you who had trouble, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven, with his mighty angel in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Is that okay? Now, the kingdom is advancing through a people that God has taken over in their lives to express his kingdom. These are the people who are going to be glorified in the presence of the Lord. Amen? As the Lord come down like he says. And then now you find that in Jude, Jude confirmed this particular passage in 2 Thessalonians 1. Jude 14. And Enoch also the seven from angel prophesied of this, saying, Behold, the Lord come here with ten thousand of his, of his saints. Praise the Lord. Amen? The Lord come here with ten thousand of his saints. People. To do what? Execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them all. Of the ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches. Which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Can you see that? This is what he's coming to do. But now through a people who have received the message, who have become one with the message. So when we read in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, one word of command, one shout from the archangel, one blast from the trumpet of God, and the Lord himself will come down from heaven. This then is the trumpet of a lamb as the Father goes on conquering and to conquer. Through a people. And just like we said in the book of Zechariah, chapter 9 verse 14, and the Lord shall be seen over them, and his arrow shall go forth as the lightning, and the Lord shall blow the trumpet, and shall go with wide winds of the south. Praise the Lord. Do you see his gospel move against all that's against his will and glory? That is what we see here. Praise the living God. I need you to get this. I need you to pick this properly so that you truly understand what we're talking about right here in the book of Revelation. Down to the book of Jude. Praise the living God. So that's what we see here. Now, like I said before, I wonder if you picture God coming down in literal trumpets. I mean, think about it. God coming down with a physical literal trumpet from heaven? Is that what you're expecting? Think about it for a moment. So now, when Jesus used this phrase in relation to Zechariah chapter 9 verse 14, Talking about the south wind. What do you think he was talking about? Luke chapter 12 verse 55. This is what Jesus said. And when you say the sound, south wind blow, you say there will be heat. And it coming to pass. Ye hypocrites, you can design the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it that you do not design this sign? 
What do you think he was saying here? He meant to say, you don't know that I am the Messiah spoken of by the prophets. And that your time of judgment under the Romans army is right here. Why was he saying that? Because the south wind blow over hot desert areas into Palestine. And so could produce a heat wave, symbolic here, of judgment. So you see, it is in the light of this prophetic word and the restoration process through God's judgment on his enemies that the trump of God, the first Thessalonians 16, is speaking to us. You take time to read Psalm 18, 14, 149, 7 to 9. You have this. For he shall send out his arrows and scatter them. He shall shut out lightnings and discomfited them. To execute vengeance upon the heaven and the punishment upon the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all these saints. And that agrees with Jude 14, 15, and 16. Can you see that? That agrees with 2 Thessalonians 1, I mean 1, 7 to 8. Praise the Lord. Can you see that it is God himself that is blowing this particular trumpet? Now, do you really again ask the question, imagine that God is going to physically carry a little trumpet in his mouth and be descended physically from the atmosphere? Is that what you're thinking? Oh my God. How is the church, how, what have made the church come to this level? How do we really think in the recess? You, you can see how far we've gone with our beliefs. Can't you? So, what are we saying here? The trumpet call of God is symbolic of God's move against his enemies in warfare. Therefore, what we are seeing here in 4 Thessalonians 4 16 is the war call of number 10, verse 9, which was blown by the priest accompanying the army. You can find that in Numbers chapter 30, 31, verse 6, 2 Chronicles 13, 12 to 16. That's the trumpet of God, the command of God. Amen. So, the trumpet of God. The trumpet call of God is not just an ordinary call or message like any other, but a call to arm to bring to subjection self and human ego as we march arm to arm with principalities and powers, with our wheels being broken, that we might be fully empowered by Him to go forth and to conquer even the beasts in political government, religion, and the heart of men. This is what this trumpet is accomplishing. It has nothing to do with a little trumpet some days to come. That will enable you to fly away. Nothing to do with that. The victory of our sin is sure. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Producing a total restoration of man back into the image of his creator in Christ. According to Ephesians chapter 1 verse number 10. And Colossians 3 verse number 10. Look at Colossians 3 verse number 10. Let me just read that for you here. Praise the living God. It talks about, listen, we are not, we, we are not flying away, no. No trumpet is taking us out of this earth. That is not what the scripture is talking about. God is just telling us how that man is going to get redeemed and restored back to the place of glory and victory. And through that instrument, those people, he will execute vengeance upon the wicked ones. The trumpet of God, I repeat, is an alarm of war. It has nothing, once again, it has nothing to do with something that will be coming from the empty space and then you joining up. 
flying away into the empty cloud. Nothing to do with that. It's an alarm of war. Instead, this trumpet call of God is destroying everything that is against the will, the purposes, and the intents of God for mankind. Even ourselves and egos. For, I mean, Colossians 3 verse 10 says, And we are put on the new man which is renewed in, in knowledge, according to the image of him who created him. We are put on the new man. Okay? How is this man coming into being? Through knowledge. How did man fall in the Eden? Through knowledge. Knowledge took man out of the place of glory and power. What is going to restore man to the place of glory and power? Knowledge. Is that okay? And when that happened, we'll be able to see man move. When the trumpet sound, when the message been given, then everything that is of flesh, everything that is against God, everything that is against the will of God, we brought to subjection. So the trumpet of First Thessalonians four sixteen is the trumpet of God alarm. It's an alarm of war that God will be using through a people who will be redeemed into the image and likeness of God to go and conquer and to redeem creation, if you will, back to God. We are out there to deliver a message that cannot be surpassed, if I may use the word. Like I said, this is the message in relation to the seventh angel and the message of dominion and authority. It's a message of the kingdom. The message is the last message that spells out of the fullness of time, immortality. That man will walk again on the face of the earth in power and dominion and glory as God has ordained before the foundation of the world. This is what the trumpet of God stands for. It's an alarm of war. Amen? So in the twinkling of an eye, we are talking of refocusing. A message is changing our attention back to the direction we are going religiously otherwise. And we are refocusing our mind to that which God has in mind. God intends and purposes from time. And bringing us to the place where we become the instrument that God uses. Just like God will speak to Jeremiah, you are my battle axe and weapons of war. That's exactly what the trumpet of God is all about. It's a message that declares the fullness and the perfection that is in God. For when the seventh angel begins to sound, then the mystery of God is finished. What's the mystery of God? Christ in you, the hope of glory. All that is God is wrapped up in Christ. Every secret you need to know about God is made manifest through the message of the seventh angel. Praise the living God. That is the trump of God. Of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And verse 16. Nothing to do with the physical and the literal trumpet. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.